Happy Friday, everyone. You're listening to the Football Friday Podcast, brought to you by the Morning Times and the Daily Review. I'm Kirk Loveson. As always, I'm joined by Logan Hill, Johnny Williams, and David Goff. And, of course, we're sponsored by the Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly. Jolly Farmer has everything you need in terms of convenience store opportunities. Beer, chips, snacks, uh, great bagels, great donuts in the morning. Fantastic place, and they've sponsored us all year. Shout out and thank you to the Jolly Farmer. Check them out this weekend for all your game day needs. Of course, it's Friday morning, which means you're finding this podcast either on Spotify, on iTunes, on the Morning Times, or Daily Review websites where you can find us every Friday, and you have all season, and we thank you for that. Boys, we are into the final week of the high school regular season, and we got a good one. It's rivalry week, guys. Are we excited? Yeah. Super pumped. I've been thinking of some names for this episode. Um, rivalry week extravaganza Love came it. to mind. The... Rootball ride a rodcast wasn't my best work, but no, I've been no, spinning some not. ideas around. I, we've kind of started this to lead <laughs> up to this week exactly, so I'm, I'm super pumped. Yeah, so let's get into what happened last week first. We always like to do our high school recap. Canton, they drop one on the road, upset by Milton, 14-7. Troy takes down Loyal Sock on the road, 44-7. Tawanda tacks on another win with a victory over Tunkanic, 55-7. Wyalusing wins 37-16 at North Penn Mansfield. Athens falls on the road to Central Columbia 28-14. But the big news from last weekend, the Redskins get in the win column for the first time this season, 14-12 over Montgomery with a comeback victory after being down 12-0. Got to feel great for Sarah. Fantastic for Sarah. Shout out to those boys. Fought all season. Pick up a big W going into rivalry week. On the New York side of things, Waverly takes down Owego 24-7 and Tioga cruises past Bainbridge 56-0. Logan, what did you see last weekend? I had myself uh, two a day week last. Uh, two a day might not be All the right. right phrase, but Thursday night because that was Tawanda's game. That's where I was, and they they brought it from from the word go. They started out well, and I believe the score was something around like forty one to nothing in the third quarter before Tunkanic finally got on the board. And then, quite frankly, you never want to say a team just kind of gives up. But right. Tunkanic went down, and it just there didn't seem to be a lot of fight to try to get back, and and maybe that says something about Tawanda and, and the direction they're trending. But they had a, they had a good outing; they could run well. They were stout on defense. Will Schroeder had three first half interceptions, three one interception in a game is a great game. Yeah, three three and a half unprecedented in high it, school ball. It, it's crazy, fantastic. I, I nicknamed him Schroeder Island. If it catches on, I just want everyone to know that, <laughs> you that I started first. that. Yeah, I got so. you. And then Friday, I drove down to Milton. I, I've been in search of a close football game. Yeah, talk to us through all this game. season. I, I've been in search of a close football game all season, and I got it last Friday night at Milton. To start, it was it was a slugfest from, from, from the jump. I believe Milton got in the end zone on their second drive of the game, so they led 7-0. That was the score at halftime. That was the score going into the fourth quarter. Milton punched in another a long touchdown drive that started in the third and ended in the fourth to go up 14-0. That's when Canton's offense kind of came to life. They they had couldn't really find chunk plays all night, and then they started to. They put one in the end zone, 14-7. They get a defensive stop with somewhere around 90 seconds remaining, maybe a little more, a little less, and they have a chance to tie it. They get to midfield with about 11 seconds left, and they have a chance to do two Hail Mary-style throws. They weren't exactly throws to the end zone. That's a lot to ask a quarterback. Um and they just couldn't come up with it. But a, but a tough, hard-fought game, and I think one that makes them better down the line. So your takeaways from that game, Milton, 
very impressive that good. Canton's slow start couldn't get going till too late. Both can be true. Yeah. Um, so I and I know from what I can understand, what I've been told about Canton is they in their DNA is the veer option. Um, in games where I've been to Canton games this year, I haven't seen a ton of it. They were pretty committed to it last Friday night, and whether that's because they're saving that kind of formation, that idea for for teams that they really feel like they're going to need that to have yeah. success against, they they stuck to that, and they just uh, Milton was stout in the front seven, really wasn't giving up much at all, and then I, I just think it was they. That's a place Canton hasn't been all year. They haven't been trailing. They haven't struggled offensively. They haven't been able to not rip off big runs. So I think Milton's a good team. Their only loss this year was the first game of the year to South Williamsport. So they were they were just as hot as Canton was coming in. Yeah, and so. the reason I find it interesting is the only other time Milton's come up in this podcast was early on in the season when Tawanda, we were talking so much about, are they improving? Are they going to take the next step? And they go and they lose to Milton, who we didn't know much about at the time. And we came away from that game going, oh, man. What do we think about Tawanda now? Well, it turns out Milton's are very, very good, and that six and three record for Tawanda also looks very, very good now. Yeah, the the biggest thing I was thinking is what kind of a difference does this home field advantage make? Because it sure. wasn't an hour and a half trip, so it's like yeah. if they have to come to Canton, maybe that game's flipped the other way. So, David Sayre, it's the big news of the weekend in the Valley. Of course, they get a win, but it wasn't just any ordinary win, was it? No, I mean to do it in a comeback fashion. That's I mean, talking about winning has to be a really good feeling, but to do it in a comeback fashion has to give you all the confidence in the world. I uh, So what happened was they were down 12 nothing at halftime, and then Caden Bennett rips off a 50-yard run, something like that for a for touchdown. They get a two-point conversion, they get 12-8. And then Tanner Green finds Carter Green for about a 65-yard touchdown wow. to get within a four, to lead 14-12. And then Jameer Cole, shout-out to him, with the game-stealing interception. I... Uh, Got stats here in Caden Bennett, 20 carries for 122 yards on the touchdown. And Carter Green, five catches, 122 yards on the touchdown. Yeah, so multiple 100-purpose so. yard games for two different players now for Sarah, and they're cooking. And it couldn't come at a better time because we're about to get into the preview. And mm-hmm. big rivalries, it's rivalry week for a reason. Everybody gets super excited. And Sarah now has a reason to be very excited going in as they'll host their rival, Athens. And I was about to say, and we're about to get into it, yeah. but... With Athens and Sarah, if you would have, if people would have been told last week that Sarah would be going into the Rusty Rail with a win and Athens would be coming into it with a loss, not many people would have really believed yeah. in that. So it's interesting how this one has kind of turned into this game. Don't let them get hot. Don't <laughs> let the Redskins get hot. And the, and the turnover, we talked about this early on in the season. The theme all year for a lot of these teams was turnover, turnover, turnover in the programs. None have had bigger turnovers than both Athens and Sarah. And mm-hmm. kind of meet at this stage of the season with very comparable records. This should be really good. Well, uh, and especially because neither of these teams really have postseason aspirations this year to just have it. All right, we got one game left on the schedule Only and it's one our that rival. Matters, big pride I, game. I do believe Athens is, is the eighth seed in their section. Yeah, so we're going to get into standings. Yeah. We'll see right where everyone's at. But of course, if you want a really good preview of things to come on stands right now for both the Morning Times and the Daily Review or Football Friday previews, previewing all the games this evening. And if you want even better coverage of what happens in those games, game recap, game stories from the guys from David, from Logan. I know Dave Post will be out there covering for us. We got multiple guys on the scene giving you the best coverage around the area. Please go check them out and support them. They've been fantastic all year. And again, those Friday previews are on stands right now. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And game stories will be out there tomorrow. With that said, 
Let's figure out where we're at in the NTL. Going into the final week of the regular season, can someone give me some standings? Gotcha, Kirk. All right, let's so hear it. So in the large school division, Troy, 9-0, 5-0 in division. Canton, 5-0 in division, 8-1 on the year. Behind them, Tawanda, 6-3, Wailusing, 5-4. And then after that, it goes Wellsboro, Athens, and North Penn Mansfield. Wellsboro and Athens, 2-7, and and North Penn Mansfield, 3-6. and but 0-5 in the division, so they're in last in the large school. So really looking at large, I mean, everything matters, right? This way, it's 1 and 2 are going to go at it, 3 and 4 are going to go exactly. at it, and things exactly. are going to pan out exactly how you'd hope in a final season with rivalries on the line. A lot more than pride then, apparently, on the line for standings-wise. Definitely in the large school. Like, the, the Troy Canton, the old shoe, is going to decide the, the NTL large As school division. Should. And then... Why losing and Tawanda has playoff implications for the both of them. Tawanda, if they win, can can earn a home playoff game. There's a scenario to that. I don't think that's as doable if they are to drop it to the Rams. Uh, but shifting, small school division, Muncie, South Williamsport, Kalineski Valley, Northwest, Montgomery, Sayre, and then underneath them, Columbia, Montour, Votex, so CMVT. Sayre, one and four in division, one and seven on the year. But who's, who's winners of their above, last one. Who's just above Sayre? Montgomery at what? Uh, one in four in division, one in eight on the year, one in six in the large. So school. interesting how that could pan out if Sarah tacks on another W and we'll have the head to head over Montgomery. I'm curious to see how that works out going forward. According to Dave Post, yeah, uh, it sounds like Sarah has bowed out of the playoffs. Okay, if, if they were to be yeah. selected, they were to be selected, they will not go forward. I, I, I cannot confirm that, but that's what I have. So told. okay, the, the, and the reason we have that to say is on the the PIAA District yeah. Four site there in they're red, red, red yeah. which I don't, I don't know about you guys. Red, I would like to assume means it's bad, out. which in this yeah. case would mean Nor- they're not. Normally, be that's the case, and I believe that is how it works. They they highlight the teams that are no longer capable of advancing in red. But now, in terms of Athens, they're they just lost to a, a Central Columbia team that had zero wins coming into yeah. that game, and I Athens is one game ahead of Central Columbia. So if Athens beats there, they should be a lock for the eighth seed in that playoff. The game for the Wildcats. That's a trip. So then let's get into it. Let's start with Athens and Sarah. The Rusty Rail game. It's been played now. I mean, I believe it's been called the Rusty Rail game for somewhere around 20 years or so, but these teams have been playing going back nearly 100. The last three meetings were in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Obviously, Sarah did not have a program last season. In 2019, Sarah wins that game 21-14, one-score game. In 2020, Athens wins 10-7, one-score game. And in 2021, the last time these two teams played, Athens just gets it done 7-6. to one score game. It lives up to the hype. It lives up to the <laughs> hype, regardless of score, regardless of what's on the line. These two teams are going to show up for pride and play. And it, I feel that more than ever this season with yeah. the way things have gone for both. This is the only game left for these two that matters. Again, it was Sarah having just finally getting that win. That confidence is the highest it's ever been. So it's, that's what it's I was going to say. I feel like Sayer's going to sit Sayer and can kind of have different vibes going on here. Sayers coming in fueled by a but by a win when they've been clawing for all season, whereas Canton's going to come Athens. into their rivalry. Or, no, or, I, no, or, no, no. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to play Troy. Canton's going to come in fueled by their only loss of the season, fresh gotcha. off a loss, and I think they're going to be angry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. So that's Sayer and Athens. That game will be at the Lockhart Street Bowl Friday night at 7. Nice that it's in Sayer, too, this year. I know uh, Athens might not think that way, but Sayer coming off... No season at all last year to jump back in this rivalry with a home hosting it. 
I think that place will be up and rocking. Yeah, um, this is just my opinion, but as far as all these rivalries go, from from geographically, it doesn't feel like there's any like tighter knit, closer matchup. I don't get me wrong, Canton and Troy towns right next to each sure. other. Why losing in Tawanda towns right next to each other. Athens and Sarah are both just in the valley. Yeah, like, yeah. It, what is this? Maybe a five mile stretch. So it's it it should be very cool, and all the community should be there. And like you said, it being at Sarah this year, I think, is an important thing. It's as good as it gets. But moving on to another really good rivalry. Talk about two teams right down the road. Your neck of the woods to, in Tawanda and Wyalusing. There, Logan, six and three. Tawanda plays five and four. Wyalusing. Last three meetings. Wyalusing twenty five nothing in two thousand twenty. Wyalusing, 20-8 in 2021. But last year, Tawanda brings it back 48-13 in 2022. And this season, these two teams are about as comparable and as close on paper as it gets. So what we think is going to play out on the field between Athens and Sayre might be the closest. On paper, these two have been eyeing each other all season. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I I think back to to media day when I got to meet with all the coaches and a couple of the select players and just – uh, what Tawanda had to say is it, it doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter the kind of year you've been having, whether you've been up or you've been down. If you go into that rivalry game and you win, you're on top of the world because you just you beat your rival, you sent them home with a loss, and you got another win. Or if you're coming in on a down year, I'm sorry, if you're all on the ups and you come out and you lose that football game, it feels like the world is falling down around you. So I I, I expect a close one. I think it'll be... In talking to Wyalusing coach Rich Rogers after some of their tougher losses to the Cantons, to the Troys this year, he he it's been like he's wanted, he, it's been a measuring stick for where this program is at, and it seemed like they haven't kind of, I guess, met the expectation of what maybe they were hoping for coming in. I think this might be the perfect measuring stick spot, really, to test where Wyalusing is at the end of this year and going into next, just because it is your rival and it's a team. It's a it's a seven and three football team. Or I'm sorry, six and three football team. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great spot. And then for Tawanda, they said at the beginning of the year they wanted to host a home home football playoff game. Six and four, they thought might get that done. It looks more like it's going to be seven and three. So a win for them is a big deal too. Yeah, and finishing off the PA side of things, we've talked about it all year. We said what. Why Lucing and Tawanda might have been eyeing each other all season. Well, this podcast has been eyeing Troy Canton all season. We talk about it every week. It's the 69th edition of the old shoe game. Last three meetings, Canton wins 34-28 in 2020, despite being down 16 points with only 6-28 left in the game. They keep it the next year, 36 nothing Canton in 2021, and then last year, Canton 28-14 to in 2022. The big thing here, this game will decide NTL. Correct. Yes. I mean, this is this is as good as it gets in high school football and small town high school football. Did it lose a little luster with Canton falling on the road to Milton? I'm not so sure because I think it's going to turn out that we find out Milton's pretty pretty good, and anything can happen in this game. Anything. I believe, Logan, you're going to be on hand for this one. I will be there. Yep, I will be there. I will be getting there early because I know the turnout will be massive and there will be nothing like trying to scramble to get there and get parked and get on the field. (laughs) But no, I will will be there. And and to your point about Canton dropping a game, does it lose its luster? In a sense, right? Like it would have been, you can't write a better story than both teams undefeated undefeated, playing each other. I, I think... Canton having the one loss actually bodes well for them coming into this game. It's also on their home field. That helps. Um, a couple of numbers that I was able to pull, 
Canton leads it all time, 35, 30, and 3. Don't ask me when those ties were. I, I don't know. Probably <laughs> pretty early on. Yeah. Think about that. 35, 30, and 3. That's as tight. That's as tight as high school yeah. football that's, can that's, be. That's as you just said, yet. Canton's won the last three matchups. Yeah. So right there you go. Three years ago, this was a, a difference of two games. Unfortunately for the Warriors, these numbers don't bode well for them. Troy's averaging 48 points per game this season. They haven't played many close ones. They've had two shutouts. And defensively, they're only allowing 7.5 points per game. So about a touchdown and maybe like a field goal or something per game if you had to get to that number. On the ride up here today, in, in anticipation of recording this, I was trying to decide where I think this game will be won or lost. And... I think the answer, I was leaning towards Canton's offense. I was like, you're going to have to get in a shootout. You're going to have to beat them that way. I think the answer is Canton's defense. Because quite frankly, Troy has too many guys. Too many guys offensively. They're going to score points. They're going to break long plays in the run game, in the pass game. I think, and I, I just, Canton has a, their, their fair share of athletes too. Don't get me wrong. I think Troy outnumbers them in athletes this year, in, in dynamic playmakers this year. If their defense can hold Troy way under that points-per-game number, if, if they can hold them to, I'll, the number I'll say is 30, that's where Kenton gets a shot to, to win that game. And, and I, could be, I could be very wrong. It could be the end of the first quarter on Friday, and Kenton could have a 14 to nothing lead. I just, I've seen a lot of Troy this year. I've seen a lot of Kenton this year. I think that's where the game will get decided if Canton's going to come to play in it. Friday night in Canton, 7 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So if all you people listening and after you read today's previews from the guys that are on stands right now for both the Morning Times and the Daily Review, the way I break it down, if you're trying to figure out which of these games you're going to go to, if you're thinking of Athens-Sayre, I think it's the who-knows-what-could-happen game. Mm -hmm. I think if it's Wyalusing-Tawanda, it's maybe your most competitive game on paper. And if it's Troy, can I think that's your most anticipated game of the season. All three, you can't lose. Get out there and support these guys. It's going to be a really, really fun night of rivalries. On the New York side of things, and I want to preface this by saying I don't mean to be ho-hum about the schedule on New York side of things. The truth of the matter is, though, 8-0 Tioga is going to host 4-3 and Newark Valley, who they'll be heavily favored over. And 7-1 and Waverly is hosting 1-6 and Oneana, who they should take care of relatively quickly. The reason I say it's ho-hum is because these two teams now are just gearing up. for yep. the, This is the last kind of tighten up, make sure everything's sharpened, and let's get ready to go for the postseason, in which case you guys will not want to miss because these two teams are poised to make a very, very deep run. So, But if you do want to get out on the New York side of things, both teams, Tioga and Waverly, has some serious playmakers. For Waverly, obviously Joe Tommaso, Watkins, Pfeiffer, all those guys are fantastic. Colson Keithley's been a welcomed addition. And on Tioga's side of the fall, it's about as physical of football as you're going to see in this area with Caden Bellis and those boys, Drew Maycumber, Valentino Rossi, playmakers everywhere in New York right now, and you'll get to see them going down the stretch as they prepare for the postseason. The only the only question I have about Waverly, and I don't, I don't think that this is legitimate because I think they've proven all year that they're a team that's sort of above that, but... You're facing a one and six team on your homecoming night. Is that a little bit of maybe a trap game a trap spot? Game. You never know. Only on to coming from a long way, though. Yeah, that's I a long travel. And don't get me wrong; I don't foresee that being the case. Like I said, Waverly has just proven that that they're they're a good program, and they know that they're a good program, and good programs don't lose trap games. But yeah, and I feel like if if they do it all, it's one of those things you tighten it up by the half. All right, guys, let's go get this. Yeah. Like, well, also, it's a, a lot of these times these games are 
things get a little conservative play calling wise, right? Hey, you're one game now from the postseason in a yeah. in a matchup that you should really, really take care of. Let's just kind of go vanilla. Let's make sure yeah, we don't just give too much away. Let's just don't get through this. And, so, risk. and when that happens, weird things can happen. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that one. Moving over to college, but before we do, just to bring all this back around, rivalry week, football Friday previews from both the Morning Times and Daily Review are out there right now. Please go pick those up and support the guys. David and Logan have done a tremendous job all season with that. And for their game stories and their recaps, it'll be in Saturday's edition as well. Please go out and pick that up. They've done fantastic coverage. The game stories are awesome. I can't um, give these guys enough credit. They've been great all year. Please support them. Please support the community. This is a great weekend to get out and watch great high school football. These guys have worked so hard. It's the final week of the regular season. Go out and support your athletes in your local community. College-wise, Jolly Farmer, if you want all your convenience store needs for the big games this week in NFL and college, they got you covered. Beer, pop, snacks, bagels, donuts, you name it. Downtown Waverly, Jolly Farmer, they've been wonderful to us as sponsors. Can't thank them enough for what they've done for us this season. Please go support them. Penn State, guys. They lost to Ohio State 20-12, and it was pretty ugly on Penn State side of things. It's pretty ugly on Ohio State side of things, too. Yeah, it wasn't a, a great game. It was pretty boring, <laughs> but I, I have a stat that Penn State had 13 third downs. They didn't convert one of them. <laughs> oh, man. Until, well, I thought they converted one of them. Like zero. Last, the last minute of the game or Zero for but. 13. Wow. On their first 13, at least, if they were able to convert yeah. one. But that's almost unheard of yeah, no, in a football bad. game. And they, had, and they had a couple of short yardage ones, too, that they couldn't get. But, again, it was kind of a ugly game. I watched three and a half quarters. Yeah. I was in Buffalo watching from a hotel room. I, I didn't foresee this becoming my kind of role on, on this podcast. Um, but And before I say this, I will say, choose to use your money responsibly. We're not telling yeah. you to gamble. Um, but I, I might have been interested in the over of this game. And as soon as I was interested in it, I knew it was an under game. I knew it was an under game. I'm addicted to to taking overs. Points. I'm addicted to taking overs and addicted to points. Watching and, on, it's two, what's, what's and it was like, thing? what, six to three or something like that, or 10 to six at halftime, and yeah. I was dead. I was dead, and yeah. I, I knew, like I said, I knew it was an under game. I knew it, but I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, what's the saying? Life's too short to bet the yeah, under? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was one of those <laughs> games that you want to be as exciting as it was anticipated to be, and it just wasn't. Is sometimes that a good thing? Hey, two gritty football teams playing great defense. It didn't come across that way. It came across as poorly executed football at times. Drew Aller could never get going. I know he took the blame and had a quote that he just stunk in that game, and he'll t- he takes full responsibility. But the one guy that did stick out, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud. What's that nickname they have for him? Something. Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know what it is. It's hold on, I'll look. Something very different. I mean, I know Caleb Williams is going to go first in the draft. Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going number two. I don't know about that you th- anymore. You think they swap? <laughs> I know USC has not looked good. They lost to Utah over the weekend. After losing to Notre Dame. Yep. I mean, well, if, 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 the, if the question is Caleb Williams versus Marvin Harrison Jr. to go first, when was the last time a wide receiver went first? But they're calling him Maserati Marv. <laughs> he <laughs> might. It, it, depends, it depends who has the first overall pick, right? It does. Well, There's here's the guess. Team but, a quarterback. Yeah, I, correct me if I'm wrong. If it's the Bears, do the Bears get uh, one and two, right? Yeah, well, and so, it would be so, Caleb Williams and Marvis and Harrison Jr. <laughs> so that, would be, I, that would be disgusting. And I your franchise is reborn. Well, and then I'm also Maybe. hearing hearing inklings, inklings that 
there could be a conversation Drake May versus Caleb Williams yeah. more tighter sure. as we get closer to the draft. And we'll right. find out here week to week now because now the eyes are on Caleb Williams. It's been two weeks of, oh, geez, now he's playing real football teams and things aren't exactly going the way we all predicted. Well, maybe he's not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson? At the same time? Still, to, still to be determined. Uh, still and, to be determined. And, and yeah, Drake May just lost a one-win Virginia, yeah, Virginia team last week. So. Don't which let is, the who's get hot. Which is why I bring it back to the one guy who stands out, two top ten teams, Marvin Harrison Jr. showed out. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's everything he was built up to be. That is a top-notch nickname, though, Maserati, by the way. Maserati Marv. Top-notch. Marv from Home Alone. Great character. <laughs> That was the oddest connection. <laughs> uh, Indiana at home for Penn State this weekend. They should take care of business there. Never know, though. Sometimes teams don't get back on the horse after a big letdown like that. I think Penn State will. They should win that game. That should be no problem. I watched Maryland dispatch Indiana probably about a month back now, and if Maryland's shown anything in the last couple of weeks is that they're probably not a great team in the Big Ten this year. They, they lost Illinois in a, in a weird, weird game a couple of weeks back. But Indiana, they didn't really have any trouble with, so Penn State should probably should roll yeah so the only thing i have left on the college slate that we're not going to spend much time into only because it's an ongoing investigation the facts aren't all out we're still waiting for more to come to the surface the michigan wolverines accused of sign stealing the basics of it and i everyone feel free to jump in here and tell me no that it's a little different a staff member was sent by michigan the allegedly a staff member was sent by Michigan to 10 non-conference or several non-conference schools to not just scout games, but to steal signs from potential opponents down the road. Correct? That's the basis of it for the most part. Where do we stand on how egregious is this in today's football? Let's, let's make that the question. If and so this is true and someone from Michigan was sent to other teams' games to steal their signs, get pictures, bring them back to Michigan so that they're more prepared when they play them. How egregious is that, given the history of signs and sign stealing versus where we are with technology versus where we could end up? Uh, I'll start with Johnny. What do you think? Um, I kind of agree with, I don't know if anybody else saw Matt Rule's comments on this. I kind of agree with him on this. Again, depending on how egregious, on how far the science stealing went i get comms in the players helmets you won't have signs to steal anymore and i don't blame somebody if they see the science happening on the other side of the field trying to figure it out i think it's probably been happening forever it's a symptom of probably an outdated system yeah what i think was, every what team does, try, probably tries to do it the nfl has the comms high school has the comms but college doesn't. But college doesn't have the accessibility to that. Was yeah. that his issue? That pretty much. I mean, like if, it's like, if oh, high if we school just has do it, this, it eliminates it. Yeah, and it's just I I understand like I guess the traditionalism of it, but like when when you have signs, signs are going to be stolen. Yeah, you basically got at take down the posters of all the celebrities that you're using for signs and all this I mean. fancy it's, it's hand kind of become a, and, It's kind of become like a like a I don't know. Sideshow seems like a strong word, but like. It's kind of a form of entertainment to see the to see the signs in and of itself. So, if you have a problem with people stealing the signs, there are solutions available to eliminate it. David, I don't know. I haven't really looked into that deep. I uh, I'm starting to lean a little bit. I was on one side, and then I came a little bit more back to the middle. I think I'm at for as long as there's been signs, there's going to be attempts at sign stealing. 
Does that make it right? No. But to combat that, teams have just simply changed their signs every game to avoid the previous week's signs being used against them. That's the thing. I'm the reason why I really don't have much of an opinion is I'm very squarely in the middle of this thing that I really don't know how I feel about mm-hmm. it. I and I and not to put this conversation back to like we have the last couple weeks to a baseball. Thing, I thought the same thing though, so go ahead. I I mean you know they have pitch comps now for pitchers to you know avoid exactly. the sign stealing thing. And while sure. and while signs are available to be stolen, they've been stolen for a century in that sport. So it, well, it's kind of been part of the game. It's a little egregious to go buy tickets to go to other games and like actively search it out when you're not even. That's what I was going to say. If if that but, if that's what it comes down to, where someone you're sending someone to other games that don't have anything to do with you and you're stealing the signs, that to me is a pretty big violation. Yeah. Like that, I don't I don't like. But if you're on the sideline during the game and you're trying to decipher it in real time, basically, I have no it's problem. Basically, with that. if it's during the game, you're basically trying to figure out a puzzle. Like, yeah. Well, and to bring it back to baseball. And- Again, I know it's not this simple. I'm going to just try to make it simple for explanation's <laughs> sake. You're a kid playing baseball. You get on first. The third base coach has the indicator and the sign for whatever you're going to steal. <laughs> Anybody watching the crowd who you might play next week could be trying to pick up the sign. Yeah. So what do you do the next week? You change the indicator. You change the sign. No one can, It can't be stolen. Or, or Is you, it that simple? No, because there's so much preparation, so many plays, giant playbook, or, blah, blah, blah. Or you could be Craig Kimbrell and... Intentional, <laughs> intentionally box so the runner at second goes to third base so they can't see their sign like a coward. But <laughs> are we talking Phillies? All right, that's that, enough of that. I'm sorry. That that song is officially dead. One more time on the podcast. I, I, um. I, I listened to it one time last night, just as a final listen to it forever. And we're we're taping on Wednesday, the, the yes. day after. So forgive the, David the and Johnny. Forgive David and Johnny if they're a little if they're a little just I've, down in the dumps. I haven't today. I haven't fully digested. <laughs> yeah, back they're to sign stealing, Logan. I want yeah. your thoughts. Okay, well, first, actually, it's funny. I have a baseball take on it first, which is brand new. Made it this year. I played one year of baseball growing up. Mm-hmm. I I I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be a baseball aficionado. That's one more year than I played, though. So, yeah. hey, we won a championship too. I was on the the, hey. the Cardinals, the Lakeshore Cardinals. Um, Congratulations! I heard about that. Yeah, thank you. I, th- I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I asked a friend of mine that did play baseball because I was covering so much baseball this spring. What what do all the the signs mean? And and that's when he explained like the indicator thing. Like if they touch their hat, that means none of that mattered. Or if yeah, if they don't sure. touch their hat, yep. that means steal or whatever right. whatever the sign may mean. To me, I don't understand why you can't do the same thing in football. If if it's going to come down to this, people are trying to steal our signs. I get it. There's more people necessarily to communicate to. There's more going on. But if it's as simple as having an indicator and changing that indicator every week, at least that will make it take more time for them to figure out what the sign may be or may mean. As far as it relates to this whole Michigan thing, I kind of fall into. I have a couple of thoughts. I fall into to Deion Sanders camp where it's you can have you can have every sign in the book if you want. You still have to line up and stop it. Still got to stop. You on still the have field. to line up and stop it. And but I also am confused because it's not like Michigan is a fringe top twenty five team. I don't think the sign stealing has made them as good as they are. I think they're as good as they are because it's a historic program. They get good recruits. They have no matter what your thoughts are, they have a good coach in Jim Harbaugh. It just feels like why why does this have to be the program that's wrapped up in it? Like 
and not to not to get into this, but like Northwestern, for example, they had their big whole big scandal. They are a bottom of the barrel football team year in and year out, pretty much in the Big Ten. And I might have that wrong. They might have played in a conference championship a couple of years back, but for sure, don't have them decent. Yeah, but ne- never great. Yeah, right. So right, like a exactly. scandal, like you would think of them as someone to be like, all right, let's steal signs. Maybe that can buy us an extra two games a year. Michigan is been in the playoff was in the playoff last year has been around that conversation really since the playoff started so i just yeah I just, you have to line up and stop it at the end of the day steal all the signs you want it's wrong it's silly but it doesn't matter sometimes anyway Every, everyone all knows the tush push is coming but you have to stop it <laughs> all right I I recorded more, more philly sound let's get into the nfl but before we do hit that song one more time for me told you guys i got up early this morning i was feeling good my heart hurts it's it's a catchy song can't lie it, it, it was fun while how, did, how did it start it because it actually started with the red sox because kyle schwarber was on the red sox okay. and they made it their thing i don't know how they made it the interesting thing, but now kirk hates even more i never understood watching guys slam beers celebrate while the lyrics say well i'm in the corner watching you kiss. I, was, I, I was thinking about that today too listening it's, to it yeah. it's absolutely weird but i don't it became get it. a thing like and thunderstruck by acdc maybe something <laughs> I, I don't get it but, but. If the, the next phillies postseason run hopefully that comes next year who knows but if it comes next year if they have a song it better not be that one because it's a losing song now All right. Other than the how well you know your division for the NFL, I have a segment, but I have nothing prepared for it. We're just going to roundtable this. We're going to talk openly, whatever comes to your mind. Let's talk through week seven. Biggest winners and biggest losers in the NFL so far, guys. So far this season. So far this season. I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of this. Hold on. Actually, before you do. Oh, no. Nobody's that had to be where you were going, right? Well, it is. Logan was very on top of the soundboard. I, I was up and at him. It's rivalry the, week extravaganza we made, day. We made, we made it. It's we, rivalry we, week. The Ravens took care of one of the best teams in the NFL. Logan is I'm on top good. of the I'm world. I'm feeling good. We, we may need to tame Logan in the next couple of weeks. Though, you know. Well, I'll tell you who's not feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the people in Orchard Park, New York. Oh, actually, I have another sound. Let's see if I know what? which one it is. <laughs> This time on the AFC side, the Bills will beat the Patriots by 40. That's it. Who is that guy? That doesn't sound familiar. I think that was Josh Allen. Well, the Bills didn't beat the Patriots by 40, and the Bills are dead. So let's... This, unfortunately for me, was a dose of reality game. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be pretty humble here. I'm going to take my medicine, but I'm going to be very realistic. Three weeks in a row now, the Bills have looked... Awful to pedestrian at best. The Jaguars game, you try to say, oh, well, London game, weird things happen. You'll have it. The ugly Giants win, you think, man, that was brutal and ugly. But you know what? Good teams win ugly games during the season. And then you lose an inexplicable, unexcusable, on-the-road game to one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Patriots. The dose of reality is the Bills last few seasons, that window of being a true Super Bowl contender is on the other side now. It's closing. This is not a bad team. This is not a bottom dweller. This is a wild card round football team. And that's it. What I see on the field, Matt Milano, all pro, captain, linebacker, out for season. Tredavious White, former all pro, island style corner, out for season. 
Dawson Knox this week will get surgery on his wrist out indefinitely, starting tight end. It's going to be the Josh Allen all the time show again. And when it has to be that way, the Bills just do enough, if nothing at all. It's too much. It's too often. And this team's window, they've left a spot open for whoever wants to take it because this is not the same Bills that went 13 seconds with the Chiefs. This is not the same team that goes toe-to-toe with the Bengals. This is a team that hopefully is going to work their way into a wild card as they continue to lose ground to the Dolphins in the division. And maybe they can win a, a weird one against Jacksonville, but they're not playing with the Chiefs. They're not playing with the Ravens. They're not playing with the top tier. Until I see otherwise, and by the time this airs, we'll know more because the Bills will have played the Buccaneers on Thursday night in Buffalo, and if they don't show up for that one and take care of business, then everything I said here this morning, you're going to understand why. If they go in there and blow out Baker Mayfield and these bums from the from Tampa Bay, <laughs> then we'll be back on the horse and maybe some optimism. But right now, the Buffalo Bills are dead. I have a question and oh. an analysis. I don't have any more buttons for right now. But um, I guess my my take, and it sounds like you already kind of touched on it, is defensively have the injuries just piled up too much at key guys' spots? It's a ton. It's not just Joe Schmo out there playing nickel corner. It's Matt Milano, all pro last year. It's Tredavious White, who anybody would trade for right now to be their number one corner. Absolutely. Jordan Poyer's in and out every week. Micah Hyde's back from a season-ending neck injury last year. It's just... It, and didn't, isn't didn't Von Miller have to work his way back into the start oh, yeah, of the season, ACL, too? Von yeah. Miller started on the PUP. Yeah. Uh, this is a banged-up defense that is trying to hang around the top 15, but, I mean, really hanging by a thread. Their front their fronts is just pass rushing. They don't defend the run well. And everything's kind of falling apart. And yet I'm still I'm calling them dead, but... They're two games away from maybe right in the ship, or they're two games away from saying, yeah, that window, that window's done. It was a nice three-year run. Now we're just going to be struggling every year to be, try to sneak in while the Dolphins are the, are the new king of the East. We'll see. We'll know more when you're listening to this after Thursday night against the Bucks. And uh, then my question was, was the peak of this Bills era, this Bills window, was it that divisional round game against the Chiefs a couple of years back? The 13-second game. Yeah, say what? What'd you say there? Was this their peak? Yeah, yeah. The, this stretch has been, and I won't spend too much time. It's been everything as a Bills fan after you've watched seventeen mm-hmm. seasons of not even being able to crack the playoffs or get a playoff victory, even. So that's why I never am too quick to quit on Josh Allen because we've gone through the JP Lossmans and the Kyle Ortons and the Fitzpatricks and you name it. The Tyrod Taylor was the guy who finally got us a a, a playoff. Vic. I mean. It's been a lot, but that window's probably closed. That peak, we're on the way down now. We'll see if, We'll see how well we can right the ship, and maybe it works. We'll see. That's my loser, and then I won't spend much time on all my winner. My winner this week is, is it Tyson Bajant? Yeah. Tyson Bajant for the Bears. Maybe Bajant, but yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Division two quarterback in West Virginia. Steps in for Justin Field on a whim. Nobody even knew he was on the roster. He gets the start. He wins him a football game. Shout out to that guy. Those are big moments. Those are pretty cool. That's pretty cool stuff. We'll see Fields back here pretty soon, but for the time being, it's just a cool story. So that's my winner. I'll let Johnny go next. All right. So my winner involves me eating a little bit of a little bit of crow because I remember I came in 
I know Logan loves when, when people are wrong. Brock Purdy's your winner? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I'm not that far gone yet. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. I'm not that far gone yet. They'll never admit that. Um, I came in here on the, before the season started, and I said the Steelers would have a losing record. I said the Steelers were going to, for the first time in Talon's history, that they were. Oh, gonna I losing. hate this. Never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm saying the winner so far. Pleasant. No, I'm not pleasantly surprised by it. I'm surprised by it. Pleasant surprise for the Steelers. My Steelers are, are my are my winners wow. so far. This is big of you. Yeah, I like I said, I I will admit it. So far, we're not out of the we're obviously not out of the woods yet, but we're through six seven weeks now. Four and two. They're on top of their division. They beat the Ravens. Mike Tomlin finds a way to win. As much as much uh, stuff that uh, as much negativity as Mike Tomlin gets, it's somehow they find a way to win fo- fo- now, football games. It could be ugly, but now the Ravens are a half game ahead at this point, right? They're five I, I and think two. So. Yeah. Is it? All right. Yeah. yeah. Five so, and two on the year. Oh, the Steelers, so the Steelers, Steelers had a yeah. buy. Yeah. Steelers got a buy. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, but Steelers are a good spot. This must have been last but, year. Yeah. The Steelers were in first, and then the Ravens. I don't know. At, I'm confused. As, you, Either, as you've yeah. been alluding to, though, yeah. the Ravens had one of their best wins in years last week and they're on top of the division, but it's not by like two and a half games. Mm-hmm. There's no. a half a game and the Browns are yeah. hanging around the, too. The, the week before you had your best win mm-hmm. of the season was the Steelers loss. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I got to give it to the Steelers. Yep. Tom has got him playing well, even with no offense. Maybe he, maybe he, he makes me wrong. They still have a winning record and the Steelers fans can simultaneously hate their head coach while having a playoff berth. They're weird. Um, my loser so far, Saints. Interesting. I have the Saints, even though they're still obviously in the division mix, they had... Was this, this was supposed to be a cakewalk season for them? I had them at like 11, 12 yes, wins. Yes, okay. This was the team you guys, I remember talking about. Yeah, and like, now... You look at their schedule. Yeah, and now I think like I think the Falcons are leading that division. Yeah. They're, the Saints are just like... They're not bad, but they're way they're way more ho hum than they boring. should be. Yeah, yeah they're boring. boring. And I think I had them Derek, at like eleven wins because of the schedule. I'm like, yeah, how does this Derek Card is not doing it for you. Um, I have their I I brought their, their, their some of their recent games. Their most impressive win was against the Patriots, thirty four to nothing. Great win for them. They lose to the Texans. They lose to the Jaguars. They get smashed by the Buccaneers earlier this season. They lose to the Packers. I'm like, it's these are those are teams. If you're going to be a division winner, a lot of those teams you kind of need to beat, and you're not doing it. I believe Chris Olave so, was just arrested too on oh yeah, reckless, yeah, reckless, yeah reckless you're right. Yeah, he was so along with the Alvin Kamara trouble. Who knows what's going on there in New Orleans? But that became a perennial awesome team to watch. To just kind of, meh, I might turn the channel. So, so yeah, two oddballs for me there. Both involved like me e- eating some crow. I just that video of him getting arrested. Like, I play for the Saints. And, and, and. <laughs> go ahead, Logan. Um, you got winner first. I sure. And and mine's it's gonna really sound just generic, but I look the easy pick would be Ravens yeah. after last week. I'm riding high. That's not where I'm gonna go. My winner is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, you took mine. Yeah, uh, just because it's been business as usual, right? They lose that that first game against the Lions. No Kelsey playing in that game, and since then it's been all wins, right? They 17-17 with the Chargers last week come out when it 31 to 17 they're not only the biggest football story they're the biggest pop culture story <laughs> I, I won't say the name but we know why but just Take practically that. Voldemort just and they just they just traded for Miko Hardman bringing back some yeah. some former player DNA into the unit if as much as we talked about their wide receivers being a potential issue as much as 
maybe people have soured on them being so good. They're still here. Yeah. They're still squarely the top of the AFC conversation. And, and can I add on? Because this is, I was sure, going to pick the Chiefs as well. So the Chiefs are doing what the Chiefs have been doing forever. Exactly. And also, their defense is the best it's ever been. Exactly. They're yeah, their, the defense, defense, their defense is awesome, which is not great for the rest of the league because they're just dominating. And also, you have the usual suspects in the AFC. The Bills and the Bengals are just not up there with them at all. So the Bill, the Chiefs are just they're they're on top own. of everybody. Yeah, they're right in a now. league of their own currently. Yeah. And like Logan said, on-the-field success mixed with pop culture success and maybe the only reason we're not recognizing the on-field success as much as we are is because of all the pop culture overshadowing. In the shadow of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's romance, the Chiefs have been really, really good. Yes. So, and that's kind of scary when we're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been the same formula, I feel like. Ever since they won that first Super Bowl, what was it, 2019? It's kind of been the same. For, they had the one year where Mahomes got hurt for a little bit, but it's just they rattle off wins throughout October, November, into December, and then they're a top seed going into the postseason. Who you got for your loser? Again, another one that's going to feel like, wow, Logan, you really just looked at the standings and picked. But I think it's the Panthers, and they they were off last week. But the reason I say they're the biggest loser is, and we've talked about it a bunch, because they don't own their pick. pick. They made the move to go get their franchise quarterback, whether, and it, it sounds like as more gets talked about, there wasn't a total agreement on who that guy should have been. It sounded like the owner wanted Bryce Young, more so than maybe the staff wanted oh, Bryce yeah, Young. I remember seeing those interviews, yeah. yeah. Um, but just because, you, you look, you made the move to go get your quarterback, right? And you had to give up next year's first. But if next year's first is the first overall pick and you could have had Caleb Williams instead, I think you do that every time. So it's just, it's it's a tough, tough spot for them to be in the fact that they don't own their first round pick and have been as bad as they have and been. And Bryce Young's barely seen the field. I mean, injuries have kept him from playing, so we haven't even got to see that pan out even. And even if you get Bryce Young, obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, you would rather have probably Caleb Williams you at the think. end of the day. Yeah. But... You're gonna miss. You could have had a shot if you kept your pick at Marvin Harrison Jr. Exactly. So that bright Bryce with Marvin Harrison Jr. You're looking at. All right, now we're now we're going somewhere. And, exactly. And, and again, the jury is still a little bit out on that because he, he, Bryce Young could turn into very something for very a well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I, in terms of this season yeah. specifically. I don't think they're getting up out of the dumpster if they're in first overall pick watch. It is what it is. The other thing is they've been talking about how they wanted to trade for a number one overall wide receiver. They traded away DJ Moore as part of this deal. So it just doubles down as just not great moments in Carolina right now. Go ahead, David. Are you sticking with the Chiefs for your winner? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Give us your your biggest loser through week seven. Broncos. It's just you, you, this kind of goes back to last year. You get Russell Wilson thinking, okay, we got a, a you know, a quarterback to get us turned around here. That obviously didn't pan out. It still hasn't panned out. And now you ha- you brought in this year, you brought in a so-called really good head coach or Sean Payton to get things turned around. And it just, it's bad. And he hasn't hurt. left the media booth, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, br- I can get on board with that being the loser. I think Russ has been better yeah. this year than he was last year. But like you said, they bring in Sean Payton. The expectation was we're Denver and, and we're here to play now. You brought yeah. in two, like you brought in one of the most no, known quarterbacks and the most known coaches, and it just hasn't done anything for you. And all the talk Payton did before the year just kind of looks ugly now. Like there's no yeah. way around it. Mm. So before we get you guys out of here with the how well you know your division, a real quick round table. You can't use your own team. You can't use your most hated team. 
Who's your favorite team to watch on TV this season? And who's your least favorite? Uh, 49ers are my least favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand watching that team. Um, Favorite team to watch? Um, Dolphins. Dolphins are fun as hell. Don't go with me. I don't have an an idea yet. David? Uh, Okay, so I actually wanted to mention this. just to be a little different from the Chiefs thing. Yeah. Uh, as of this week, this week the Eagles were the biggest winner because they had that really good win against the Dolphins and then the 49ers proceeded to lose to the Vikings the next day. So the Eagles are now on the top of the NFC. It was a very big winning week for the Eagles. So that's... Did someone say Philly? <laughs> Moment of silence for our fallen brother. He shook. Um, back to what we were going to... Before I mentioned, yeah, the biggest winner thing. or b- b- favorite team to watch. Favorite team to watch is the Ravens. I love. Okay. Them. Ooh, oh man, Logan's getting it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. After he did that to you, well, <laughs> my man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Lamar is really fun to watch when he's on and the offense is going. I really love, awesome. love watching the Ravens. Um, and I am go back to my least favorite team to watch would be the Saints because I like I boring. said earlier, boring, boring, yep. very boring. Uh, for me. My favorite team to watch this season is a team that I'm now hitching my wagon to and their quarterback for the rest of this year. And it's Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I love watching Kirk Cochains cook. A very rare primetime win. Underappreciated. He's basically in the top two in every statistical category for quarterbacks this season. He's the only reason his team is staying in games with no Justin Jefferson having traded Delvin Cook and your best receiver is a rookie in Jordan Addison. And the defense is getting better week to week. Looked like trash in the beginning. Beat the Niners. Get yourselves to three and four. You're playing a week. NFC North the rest of the year. Packers aren't very good. Bears are terrible. Kirk Cousins, you get Justin Jefferson back in a couple weeks. Maybe it's longer. We'll see. He's proven already you can win without him. All of a sudden, they're back in the mix in an NFC that this year, with the extra wild cards, is a little down. It is funny, though. It's like, it's like my Bills are having a down year. They're four and three. I can't take it, but I'm, so I'm going to go with the losing when record. When your team instead. dies in front of you, you can't jump on a bandwagon for the next team you hitch to. And Kurt Cochains is right there. <laughs> Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Love it. You guys are going to take my soundboard away next week. But yeah, we are. Um, oh, team I, team are I can't colorful. stand watching real quick is the Patriots, and they always will be. You can't pick your them. least favorite team. Yeah, yeah, They're not my least favorite team. The Buffalo Bills are my least favorite team. <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing in, this, in the bowels of the morning times today. I, I looked at the schedule. My favorite team to watch this year, I, I want to lean... The, the answer I wanted to say was Browns, just because the defense is nasty. They're scrappy. They're down yeah. their their quarterback. They're down their star running back. That's not where I'll go, but they're, they're fun. I mean, they yeah. literally played in a shootout last week. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are my favorite team that yeah. I've seen on TV this year, because even if it's just seeing like highlights, it's like Mike Evans, 40-yard touchdown reception. Mike, Ar- Mike Evans, 65-yard touchdown reception. And then 
I was watching it Sunday and Baker ripped off like a 35 yard run and it was just electric. I think because I don't think they have real expectations and if they do, they're not legitimate, right? They're not no. primed to go to the Super Bowl, but Baker, it's just, it's just for the division. For so Baker who, who got a, who got a poor shake of things leaving Cleveland. It's, it's good to see him. This kind is of, a very pro Baker podcast. Oh, so. for sure. Well, I'm a big, Baker everyone's fan. on the Baker. Train. I, yeah, yeah, me too. And Except, then, Oh, David, <laughs> well, I, look, let me put it this way. I am pro him doing well in spite of the Browns. I fair. like I, I like that. You don't I'm like not, the Browns? I don't like how they handled him. Oh, fair. Yeah, no, he yeah, got a very poor I, shake I th- of things. I think, I think it's cool if Baker does well outside after leaving the Browns. I think that's cool. Just because your yeah. temple guy's rubbing shoulders yeah. with just Sean Watson. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> and then my least favorite team to watch, I'll say, I'll go with the Giants. Uh, yeah, I like them fair. better with Tyrod Taylor back there than I do Daniel Jones. Same. But when they just... If Saquon's on one, he's on one. That's fun to watch, but I, I'm not really loving what I'm seeing. Yeah, but that's the point. You just put eight in the box and yeah. dare whoever the quarterback yeah. is to beat you. Yeah, let's get into how well you know your division. I'm 17 and five now. I went one and one last week. David and Johnny both went 0 and two. David's 17 and seven. Johnny's 13 and 11. Logan, big week. First winning week. Clap it up. <laughs> Don't let me get hot. Don't let the boy get hot. He's eight and twelve, and we're gonna start. <laughs> Jerks. We're, we're gonna start with Jerks. him. How well do you know the AFC North through seven weeks, Logan? The answer is not very well, and I know I've been playing with all my buttons, messing with you guys today. I do have one about myself this week. Let's too. hear it. The, the Ravens are home favorites because they're home. They're four and two, five and one Lions. Lions hottest team in football to start the year. Give me the Ravens in a close one. And I was wrong because it was a big time W for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm sorry if I just hurt your ears. I'm sorry. But that game was not close for one second. I was, not at all. I was like, I know you picked the Ravens. Why are you playing yeah, that? Not close for one second. I was driving back up. I was able to go home to Maryland Friday night and Saturday I was home. I came back up Sunday. Got a little bit of a later start than I wanted. So I just had the game on my phone was listening to it. The most least stress carefree game I've ever been able to listen to in my life. The Baltimore Ravens. I'm on cloud nine this week. Sorry. This what can I say? Got, Humble pie is aged another has week. Got losing to the Cardinals. Oh my God. I know. Trust me. It. Trust me. I know it does. It's a week to week league. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I'm going to enjoy this. It looked like, like you guys said, Lamar Jackson being fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I've been, I don't know if this is like a PG phrase to say it, but I've been chasing that high of the 2019 <laughs> MVP season for two years now, and and we really saw it for the Ravens last. I week, think he so. might. I think he might shed a tear. I, dude, it was, it was because well, the Lions five and one. No, they were the, the ho- NFL darlings beat, coming they, into that game. They beat the Chiefs to start the season. Yeah, it was, they mean, were the NFL darlings, and trust me, I. I'm not, I'm, I might be thinking Super Bowl, but I'm also a realist that there's a lot more to be played and a lot has to go right for that to be a reality. I don't think you're crazy though. Yeah. Like if you, if we That's were doing the, am I crazy win. segment and you said, am I crazy to think the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender? I spoke earlier about a team taking that bill spot. That that's the front runner for me right now. Yeah, and yeah. and that's what David said about the the Bengals and the Bills necessarily not being up to par this year. I think that that it's opened back up. Yeah, because ev- the Ravens have room. Every yeah. every year it's been who's going to compete with the Chiefs for yep. the last half decade, right? Yeah. So, so and I think and the Ravens have never gotten that AFC Championship game against the Chiefs to decide who's up to snuff. So sure. maybe 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 somewhere down the line this year. That's enough of my talk. I had to stand on my soapbox for a second. So you're taking the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm taking the Ravens. 
I, I'm not excited. I am excited for this game. I mean, it's another football Sunday, but huge letdown spot. Yeah. Huge, huge letdown yeah, just spot. Ask, we just ask Dallas the, Cowboys fans. We were saying how the Lions-Ravens were like a sneaky good game. I feel like the Cardinals-Ravens might actually be a sneaky I good was just game. about to say, also, Cardinals, not that gross. They yeah, they're, play, they're, they like yeah. to play spoiler. Yep. Trust me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> that game is... In Arizona. So I'm still going to take the Ravens, but I think it will be because you would think that they should just, the Ravens would cruise. The Ravens would just get the job done and go home. I don't think it'll be that easy, but the defense is arguably as good as the offense looked on Sunday. The defense has been the story to tell this year. So, so that could be a a good sign. Yeah. And for you guys, the guys here at the table following the sheet here, the first team is the home team. Okay. 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 Um, and then Steelers versus Jaguars. So that game's in Pittsburgh then. Yes. Uh, I have not been able to pick the Steelers right all year. I just, I think the Jaguars are a good team. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a close game. I don't think, the, like I said last week, the Steelers don't play in many blowouts. Give me the Jaguars as they continue, continue to ascend this year. Another team that will be in that frisky conversation of, hey, yeah. can they take on the Chiefs by season then? And then Seahawks and Browns. Again, just another not a great week for picking for me. I come some tough games. I have no idea who I'm picking I, that one. Yeah, I, don't. I think because the Browns and at some level it has to be luck, right? With in some way, shape, or form. Don't get me wrong; they their defense is good. PJ Walker has been a, a pleasant surprise. Yes, sir. I I think I'll go with the Seahawks here in a, again another tight game, yeah. another tight game, and then 49ers versus Bengals, a Super Bowl rematch from way back when, not like recently, but like way 80s. back when in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The 49ers losing on Monday really muddies these waters for tough me. Back, this tough, is a really tough, tough stretch point here. Too. For, tough stretch for a, the Niners, a Bengals team that really, really needs a win. To, I will go with. I'll pick the Bengals. I like uh, it. I'll pick the Bengals at I home. Like it, Wait, right? they're the away team? The 49ers are the home 49ers team? 49ers are home. I, I change it. I'll take the 49ers <laughs> right. at home. They they lost in Minnesota, right? And yes. then they lost in Cleveland. They're home. They've lost two straight. They need a win. If the Bengals were the home team, I'd pick them. All right. AFC East for me. This game will have already taken place last night. It's at home in Buffalo at night. Not a lot of teams win there. Bounce back. Bounce back. Give me the Bills. They're not dead yet, by the way. <laughs> Dolphins, Patriots. Give me the Dolphins. I'll never pick the Patriots. Giants <laughs> versus the Jets. Give oh, me this the, is a showdown. Giants versus the give me, Jets. Give me the Jets here. That defense is really good, and the Giants offense is brutal. Mm-hmm. So give me Jets there. So that's Bills, Dolphins, Jets for me. Okay. NFC East time. David, I'll let you go first. I will also pick the Jets against the Giants. Okay. For same reason you just said. Commanders, Eagles. I'll go Eagles. Yep. Uh, that's just... The commanders suck. Nice whole home week here. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Divisional like, game, though. Sam Howell watch wrong. party. I just heard the Stephen A meme. You're not wrong, but do we really have to go there? Um, Sam Howell watch party. Here we go. Hollow. Here we uh, go. The most sacked quarterback in NFL Well, I'll, I'll put it this yeah. way. I think the commanders gave the Eagles their best shot in the first game between That's the fair. two. So, and Cowboys-Rams. I'll, good game. Uh, yeah. Sneaky I, good game. Wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year. Mm-mm. I'll go Dallas. Okay, Johnny. It looked like it hurts your soul to say that. No, it, it does. <laughs> well, I don't want to pick Dallas, but like I, they're better than the Rams. So I, I well, I, we should tell Mike McCarthy that. <laughs> um, start off, 
Yeah, give me the Jets. They have the quarterback advantage. <laughs> Little shots there at a whoever starts at quarterback for the Giants doesn't matter. We you, should get you to write a quarterback blog. The round, the round <laughs> I have table, the best quarterback takes. Round table just cruising through Giants, Jets. Giants are going to win that game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we all, yeah. Yeah. I see. I it. like it. Keep picking the same, yeah, the let's same do team. It. Um, Eagles bounce back against the Commanders. Yep. Divisional game, though, I think it'll be closer than it should be. Uh, Dallas, I did a little two second Google search before I started. This. Dallas is seven and six after their bye. So we don't care about the bye week, apparently. And uh, Rams just took a tough L to the Steelers. I think the Rams get a bounce back game here. All You're right. picking against the Cowboys a lot. It's called misery, give, misery business. Yeah, give, give me something to believe in. Uh, you, they haven't shown me anything to believe in really since Arizona. Did we take care of New England? Yeah, we took care of New England. Did we take care of the Chargers? Yeah, I guess we did take care of the Chargers, but now we had a bye yeah, week. We're seven and six. We'll go back to 500 because that's what Dallas has been my whole life is a 500 <laughs> team. So we'll just keep on that trend and we'll go. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a winning record and have a wild card berth. Eh, that's how I feel about it. I'm very down. Before we finish up here, David, question for you about Jalen Hurts. Um, he played the second half with a brace Sunday night, and the I don't know the reporter who interviewed him at the end, but asked about it, and he was like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, which is what you would expect your yeah. player to say in an interview. Very like quick that. about it. But are we concerned that something's going on there? Yeah. We're not doctors, but I'm just... Yeah, uh, yes. It's tush-pushing danger. No. Did I don't it happen a, during the tush-push? No. That's the big question. No, I there was, there was a couple of replays from the Rams game where he had some sort of move where his leg went a weird way, but he was somehow to be totally fine for the rest of the game. That might have been where it happened. I there, There's a little bit of concern for sure. I, and, I was just curious. No, I know, and I, and I don't know. We don't necessarily know when it happened. It could have been earlier in the season, and maybe that's why he's been turnover prone and all that. Who knows? So I, there's a little bit of concern, and the fact that there is a brace this past week, Definitely concerned. I literally there was just an article in the Associated Press just about how the Eagles are hope, hoping it's not a big deal. So there's no who knows. All right, big football weekend, boys. Rivalry week extravaganza. Yeah, and if you all have enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can do three things for us this weekend. You can get out and support the community, support the athletes, and really tune out and show out for these games. Not tune out, tune in and show out <laughs> for these games. They're going to be fantastic. They should be very competitive. The second thing you can do is please support us. Go out and get the Football Friday edition on stands right now. Go out and get Saturday's editions for game coverage. If you haven't subscribed to the Morning Times or Daily Review yet, please do. And the third thing is go down for all your game day needs to the Jolly Farmer, downtown Waverly. You can get everything you want there. And the fourth thing you can do is tell all your friends that there are four idiots in the bowels of the Morning Times just, <laughs> just yakking about yakking football. Yakking about football and being wrong on everything. That's what we love to do. we wrong on a lot of things. And we're going to do it again next Friday morning for you guys. So... See you next week. Play us out of here. Wow. Milk it.